0: Welcome to the Camden Nazarene podcast. Camden Nazarene is an established church with a fresh vision located at 2276 Jefferson Davis Highway in Camden, South Carolina. We gather for worship each Sunday at 1040 a.m. And you're invited to be our guest this Sunday. Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing? All right. All right. Kyle, if you don't mind, give my mic a little bit more in the house. And uh well good morning. It's great to see everyone and uh I trust everyone's had a great a great week. And I'm gonna put my table to the side so that I've got a fan in front of me, got one behind me. And uh I was standing at the doorway getting ready to come out and I told a man, I said, Man, I can I can feel the heat coming from that door. Uh it's a little warm, but it's it's all good. And honestly, it goes great with our sermon today. Feeling that, feeling that heat coming from the door, it reminds me of what our three Hebrew boys would have felt uh, here in Daniel chapter three, as they were facing that fiery furnace. Not quite that hot out here, uh, but it's pretty close. So if you have your Bibles, I like invite you to uh, the Old Testament prophet, the Old Testament book of Daniel. That's the beauty of having church outside. I, I put gum in, and now I can just throw it in the, in the grass. <laughs> but we're wrapping up our series called Stand, and we've been in this Old Testament book of Daniel. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure how many of you would have spent, have spent a lot of time in the book of Daniel prior to this series, but hopefully you now realize that, that, that if there is a book that is about taking a stand, it is, it is this book of Daniel. The Israelites, or the Hebrews, had been taken into exile, and a handful of Hebrew leaders were selected to, to serve in the new foreign government. This was, this was Babylon's attempt to, to make sure that the Israelites could, could be fully assimilated into their culture. However, these leaders, they didn't fully assimilate into the Babylonian way of life. Daniel and, and others, they, they served in the foreign government faithfully, but there were times where they had to, they had to take a stand. When they first got to Babylon, Daniel and his, his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were taken into the, the king, into king Nebuchadnezzar's court, and they were offered to eat at his table. But the food that the king had prepared went against their, their dietary laws as, as Israelites. And so they, they, they had to, to take a stand, they had to stand out in that moment. They had to stand out to, to, uh, to stand for, for, for what they believed in. You know, sometimes we're called to stand up for what we believe in. Sometimes it means we have to confront those who, who we care about. We have to confront those who, who we care about who may be making unwise decisions. And so Daniel, a couple of weeks ago, we saw how Daniel was called to interpret one of King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. And no one wanted to interpret it because really the interpretation of the dream was it it implicated King Nebuchadnezzar as not ruling his kingdom correctly. And so Daniel had to be honest and say, hey, this is what this dream means, that you're not doing things correctly and you're going to be conquered one day. And so he had to he had to he had to stand up and confront the king. Daniel has also been faced with the decision to, to stand strong or to, to to stand strong in the midst of what the world around him is, is saying. There was a moment which they passed this law that you could only pray to the king. But Daniel prayed three times a day, so Daniel remained faithful. He stood strong. Even in the face of being thrown into the lion's den, Daniel knew that he had to stand strong. And sometimes in life, our hopes get rearranged. And in these moments, we have to stand in faith. This is where we were last week. We we saw the importance of standing in faith when, when our hopes get rearranged. Daniel had received some disappointing news, and, and he immediately began to pray. And what we saw last week was, as soon as Daniel began to pray, heaven began to move on his behalf. And so this morning, we're going to begin in Daniel chapter 3. And Daniel won't be our main Character for the first time. He's not going to be our main character. We're turning our attention to the the three Hebrew boys of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's in this very popular story that that we all may may be familiar with. And so before we dive into the text, let me ask you this. When was the last time that your day. When was the last time that your day took an unexpected turn? Might have been today. Might have been yesterday. You know, you get thinking that. Well this is what I'm going to do today, but a phone call changes that or, or someone walks into your office or someone knocks on your door and what you thought was going to happen that day totally gets, totally gets rearranged. And so our, our three Hebrew friends, they quickly realized that they woke up that morning, thinking their day was going to go a certain way, and they quickly realized that they had planned was not at all what was going to happen. But we're going to see how they stood firm. You know, there's going to be moments in our lives when we're called to stand firm. To stand firm in our beliefs, even when it causes pain. Even when it doesn't make sense to those around us. I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but following Christ, following the way of the gospel, at times, is going to cause conflict in our lives. Look at First Peter chapter one verse seven. Before we dive into Daniel three, just want to draw your attention to First Peter one through seven. And that's going to be if you have the View Version Bible app, you can go to that app and you can go to events and you can pull the you can pull our notes. The first Peter reminds us these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith. He's talking about trials, he's he's talking about persecution here. Proven the genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which passes even refin even though refined by the fire. It result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so we know that, that as a part of following Christ, there's going to be moments when 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 we're placed in situations where our faith, we have to stand firm in our faith that God is going to He uses things. To to lead us to help us grow in our faith, and so this is what we know: faith that has been through the trial can be trusted. Faith that has been through the trial can be trusted, and you, some of you, know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been through trials. You've heard that report from the doctor. You've you, you know you've heard the news of being laid off. You've heard the the, the issues that maybe that that it, your family is having. And so you've been through those trials, and so you know, based on past experiences, that a, that a faith that has been through the trial can be trusted. So let's dive into our text. Let me explain here a little bit what's going on. Daniel 3, and this in this entire chapter of this familiar story of being thrown into the furnace, this is where we're going to be, but before we unpack 3, we have to realize that a lot of what happens in Daniel 3, the build-up for it, is in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 sets the stage for Daniel 3. In chapter 2, we have this, this scene in which Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream. Tell you what, Nebuchadnezzar is one disturbed individual. <laughs> he has all these dreams. I don't know if he's eating bad pizza at night or what his deal is, but he is just, he's one man that is, is conflicted in his mind. He has this dream, and he, he calls his interpreters to come and to interpret this dream in Daniel chapter 2. But get this. He doesn't tell them the dream. He calls them in. He calls all the Babylonian experts in and says, I had a dream. I need you to interpret it, but I need you. I want you to tell me what my dream was about. And if you don't, I'm going to tear you from limb to limb. Now, you think you have pressure at your job. You don't have anything compared to these, uh, these advisors here of Nebuchadnezzar. And so Daniel comes onto the scene. As always, Daniel comes onto the scene. They know they can't, they can't interpret this dream. In fact, they begin to talk a little bit, and Nebuchadnezzar says, Hold up, guys. I know what you're doing. You're trying to buy yourself some time. Interpret this dream. And so Daniel comes in on the scene. Daniel gets word, and Daniel says, Hold up, don't don't kill anybody, hold up. I think I can interpret this dream. And and I just caught something here in, in, in chapter two when I was studying this. So Daniel, knowing that he has to interpret this dream, not only interpret it, but he has to read his mind, Nebuchadnezzar's mind, and just and tell him what he dreamed, knowing knowing the what was the consequences. Daniel goes to look at chapter two. Daniel goes to his friends, Hananiah, Meshiel, and Azariah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He goes to them and says, Hey guys, I need you to pray for me. I need you to intercede for me. This is what I'm facing. Now, here's a here's a sermon within a sermon. This is this is this is free right here. This is just extra, all right? You want to stand firm, you want to stand strong in your faith? Gather yourselves around people who can intercede to the throne of God for you. That's what we saw in chapter two. Daniel says, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm in a tough spot. I need you to pray for me. And would you know, would you know that God was faithful to Daniel? He gave him the word. He goes to Nebuchadnezzar and says, Hey, you had this dream of this, of this big statue. And this big statue, people came and, and the statue, the head was cut off, and, and it began to it began to crumble. And Daniel says, This is what this, this this dream means, that there's going to be kingdom after kingdom after kingdom that's going to come and conquer. One kingdom is going to conquer this kingdom, and another kingdom is going to come and conquer that kingdom. But one day, the one true God is going to come and he's going to establish his kingdom, which will stand forever. Now that's good news. There's a couple of ways that we can look at that. We can, we see some of that when Jesus comes and he, he establishes, he brings, he ushers in the kingdom of God. We, we understand that, but we also know that this is a look, this is a eschatological look at when God comes back, when Jesus returns, that his kingdom is going to fully reign here on this earth. And so in Daniel two, we get this picture of this statue that's going to crumble. And then in Daniel 3, guess what Nebuchadnezzar does? Guess what Nebuchadnezzar does? So he just had this dream about a big statue that's going to fall. And then he builds a statue. (laughs) I'm telling you, this this, this is a very conflicted man. I'd love to do a psychological analysis on King Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) He builds a statue, uh, chapter 3 tells us, it's 90 foot tall. And about nine foot wide, so a tall, slender, a tall, slender statue. And about ninety foot tall. So if it was here, I mean it'd be obviously a lot taller than our steeple. So when you're when you're coming into it, you they would have seen it. They would have seen it just you know from several hundred or thousand yards away, probably. Just to put it into perspective, I checked. The Washington monument is five hundred and fifty five feet. And the Statue of Liberty is 308 feet, something like that. So, big statue, but nowhere near what the Washington Monument is. And so he invites, he builds the statue. And he invites all of, his, all of his magistrates and all of his advisors, all of his judges, to this dedication of this statue. And so now let's dive into the text. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Uh, again, you can, uh, you can go to CamdenNaz.Church. CamdenNaz.Church on the browser on your phone. And you can tip, you can tap the circle Drive-In Church and to get some notes for today. You can also go on the Uversion Bible app. Verses 4 through 6. Then the herald loudly proclaim, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the of the horn and the and the flute and the zithier and, and the and the lyre and the harp and the pipe and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So everyone is commanded to to bow down or be thrown into this furnace. This furnace would have been a Uh, A a domed, a a huge domed shape type of structure. They would have used it to to build bricks and to refine metal. And so they're at this big dedication event. Now, I don't want to get, I don't want to make us too uncomfortable. I don't want to make us too uncomfortable here. But you have to understand this kind of event. This was a very nationalistic event. Event. This is where they would have had, the Babylonian army would have paraded in, probably wearing their, whatever their dress uniform was. They, they, you saw that they had the band there just playing, you know, uh, horns and, and all sorts of just, just parade-type music. Man, this was a celebration to Babylon. This was a celebration that pointed directly to Nebuchadnezzar. And so just, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna just stretch us just a little bit. Just a little bit. Cause we're, we're all in the same boat here. We're all citizens of, of the United States of America and we're all blessed with the freedoms. We're all thankful for the people who have served in our military. We thank for people who serve in, in law enforcement and those who are in healthcare. I mean, there's so much to be thankful for in this country. But I'm gonna be honest with you. What is described here is very similar to a patriotic parade that we would enjoy here in the United States of America. And, I, and I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I'm with you on this because let me tell you something. There's nothing I love more than hearing a band play Stars and Stripes Forever. Man, you you, you get a military band playing Stars and Stripes Forever, and I'm like, Woo yeah, here we go. You know, America, yay, kind of thing. And, that's, and that, that, that's all fine, but we have to keep it into perspective. We have to keep it into perspective. When we, when, we, when we do these patriotic things, we have to keep it into perspective that this is not worship. And if we're not careful, we have all this fanfare around, around military and all this fanfare around our country. And yeah, we want to we honor it, but if we're not careful, it can turn into idol worship. You see, you read this text... And you say, "Well, I don't have to worry about this because I'll bow down. I will. I'll never bow down to a golden image. We have to be careful because here in our country, sometimes the idol may not be old. It may be red. It may be blue. It may be white. Again, I'm just allow me to help us be a little uncomfortable. Okay, we're we're all in the same boat. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get you to understand what the Hebrew boys were facing." Very similar, a a lot of similarities here to a a huge nationalistic parade. And, And this is what we gotta be careful of. You see, idols, idols can move us away from God. Idols can move us away from God. And sometimes we, we can create idols when we're in situations that seem a lot like worship. I, I love going to a NASCAR race. I love going to a football game. But you, if you're not careful, there's a lot of similarities. People with the same common interest are coming to the same place. They're gathering. There's a little pop of circumstance. You, there's, there's, a, there's a little parade going on down there. There's some music. There's, a, there's someone singing a song. There's a, Singing a song of, of the team. Whether it's the Gamecocks or the Tigers or if it's a NASCAR race. And we're all like, woo, rah, rah, re, re, here we go, here we go. There's a lot of pageantry there. And that's all that's all fine and good but as long as we keep in mind that that is not worship. What is worship is what happens here. Our, our first priority is the kingdom of God. Our first priority is following the way God of Jesus. And so standing firm means that we are focused on who we are as followers of Christ. Standing firm means we are focused on who we are as followers of Christ. And so our three Hebrew friends were given a chance to recant, but they didn't. So they said, "Everyone bow down, if not you're going to be thrown into the flame." And so these three Hebrew boys were pointed out some of the some of the Babylonian or the or the Chaldeans, which were Bab, that's what Babylonians were called, the Chaldeans. Some of the, some of the governors said, "Hey, these, the King, these three boys over here, they, they have not bowed down." And so they get hauled in in front of the king. The king says, "Am I hearing correctly that when you heard the horn and when you heard the pipes and when you heard the drums that you did not bow down?" And look at look at verse sixteen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I mean, they were just straight up. They were just, they were straight up with the king. They just walked in and said, hey, listen, you told us to do this, but we have no defense. You see, they were focused on who they were as children of God. And so we have to remember that faith obeys God instead of man. Faith obeys God instead of man. Look how they didn't, they didn't try to, to defend themselves. They didn't post on Facebook, hey y'all, uh, I'm, I'm here at this big parade and they're, they're wanting me to bow down to this nationalistic symbol. What should I do? Let me know. They didn't crowdsource. That's what... That's what that's called. When you get on Facebook and say, hey, where should I eat? Or what should I do? That's called crowdsourcing. They didn't do any of that. They didn't weigh the pros and cons. Y'all, they didn't even pray about it. You know why? Because they were prepared for obedience. They were prepared for obedience. For them, there was nothing to pray about. They have to stay true to the one true God. You know, they could have justified it. They could have said, all right, hey, Shadrach. Here's the thing. I don't want to get in the fiery furnace, and y'all don't want to get in the fiery furnace, so let's just let's just fake it, and we'll cross our fingers, and we'll just act like we don't really mean it. Or they could have said, hey, y'all, let's just, let's just worship it just one time, and then we'll ask for forgiveness later. And they could have justified They could have said, you know, because we have to stay alive, guys. If, if we're not around... If we're not around, then who's going to help these people? There were so many ways that they could have justified this, but they didn't. And so they they stood firm. And so what we know is standing firm in faith is believing when we cannot see. Standing firm in faith is believing when we cannot see. Look at verse 17. So that they can't defend themselves. They say, hey, king, yeah, we have nothing to say. We just didn't do it. Verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. That's powerful stuff. They couldn't see to the end. They couldn't see through this trial, but yet they stood in faith. Do you see a hopeless situation before you? God will provide a way through. Do you have a a bad medical report for you? God is willing and able to heal. Do you have a broken relationship before you? God is willing and He is able to restore. Even in those moments where God doesn't move the way we expected, we are still called to trust Him with the outcome. And then look at verse 18. They go one. So they say, hey, our God is able to to deliver us. And they say, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Wow. Bold step. Our God is able to our God is able to rescue us. Our God is able to say, but if he doesn't. You just have to know we're not going to bow down. We're not going to, to succumb to this idol worship. And so this is what we learn. Here's the truth here that we learn from, from this encounter. When, when, when we're obedient, we can trust God with the outcome. When, when we are obedient, when we are faithful, when we can't see through the, through to the end, but yet we remain obedient, we can trust God. We can trust God with the outcome, however God sees fit to lead us to that outcome. We can trust Him, and so the king is mad. Woo! He is man. He is, he's a little upset, and so he orders the furnace to to be to be to be heated seven times hotter, and they bond these three Hebrew boys up. And even the ones, the, the strongest of the Babylonians, they, they bind these boys up and they throw them into the furnace. It was so hot that those who threw them in, they were burnt up and, and they died. Now, if I'm Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I see how this day is getting heated up, and, and, and I see that even the ones who are, who are tending to the furnace are getting injured and even dying, I'm like, whoo, guys, you You sure? You sh- are you sure? They didn't do that. I'm just saying maybe that's how I would be, you know, that's how, may how, what I would be thinking. <laughs> so they throw him in there. Look at verses 24 through 25. They throw him in there. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and, threw in, and threw into the, thrown into the fire? They replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods, the son of God, some translations say, essentially. This could be a, a pre-incarnation image of Jesus, but what we know, it is certainly a heavenly being. It is, it is a comforter. It is someone who has been sent by Yahweh, the one true God. It is someone who has been sent to deliver these three Hebrew boys because they trusted God with, with the results. They obeyed and trusted God with the outcome. And so we know that God delivers in the midst of the fire as well as from the fire. God delivers in the midst of the fire as well as from it. God did not save His servants from the the blast of the flames. He did, however, come to them. He did, however, He, He came to them. He came to them and He delivered them. He delivered them. Because they remained faithful. They remained faithful. And so as we begin, to, as we begin to, to wrap this up, I want us to think about the faithfulness of God. I want us to think about a God who is, who is so faithful, who has, has been, who has promised to, to be with us, to walk with us, to whatever we're facing. Reminds us of Isaiah 43, verse 2. When the prophet said, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's the promise of God. So whether you're, you're standing firm... whether you're standing firm in a in your beliefs that goes against maybe your politics that goes against maybe what other people think or what popular opinion is cuz you guys realize i know there's there's kind of two ways to look at this this passage yes god's going to god's going to bring you through some tough times god's going to bring you through trials there's 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 that side of it But but I also want you to see a side of it that is reminding us that as Christians, we are to be countercultural. And and as much as you think that your political party is correct, I got news for you. There's going to be times when your political party goes against the kingdom of God. I'm just I'm just being honest with you. You're like, well, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. If your political party, one hundred percent what they say, how they act, how what how they treat people, how how they how they view people. <laughs> there's gonna be times where it doesn't line up hundred percent. And there's gonna be times where you've got to take a stand and say, hey, you know, I usually vote this way, but and I use I support this leader. But what's going on right now, I, that's that's not who that's not who we are. So there's that side of it. To stand firm, even when it's not popular. But there's also a reminder here that God is going to be with us. The ordeals of life provide an opportunity to be a witness of God, to be a witness of God's power in the world. Look at the Hebrew boys. Look at verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He who sent his angel and rescued his servants, they trusted in him, defied the king's command, and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. These three Hebrew boys, they used their ordeal. They used it for God's glory. They allowed their story to be used for God's glory. And Nebuchadnezzar, he he saw, he realized who the one true God is. So as we begin to sing this last song, it's a it's a new song. It's a song called The Blessing. It's a song that says, May the Lord keep you. May the may the Lord make His face shine upon you. And may the Lord see us through in all situations. I, I want you to listen as, as James and the band sings and, and take time to, to really learn this song because whatever you're facing, Whatever ordeal that you're in, whatever trial you're facing, whatever the doctor has told you, whatever's going on at work, God says that he is with you. And our prayer for you is that the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you. And and when we say bless, I'm not talking about give you a bunch of material stuff. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about blessing with being, blessing with sound mind, blessing with peace despite the storm. Blessing with joy despite what's going on around the world. To bless you with with sound mind. To bless you with a a sense of steadiness in your soul, even though we're in the midst of these crazy times that we're in. Stand firm. Stand strong. God is with us. And He is faithful. And He can be trusted. He can be trusted when we are obedient. Let's sing.